Hello, and welcome to episode 48 of the Bible Q&A with Pastor Stephen. My name is Stephen Pace, and I'm the senior pastor at Decatur Bible Church in Decatur, Michigan. On this podcast, I attempt to answer Bible questions in a clear but thorough manner. If you have a Bible-related question that you would like me to consider for a future episode, you can email me your question to pastorstephendbc at gmail.com. Again, you can email me any Bible-related question, and I'll be glad to consider it for a future episode. And you can email me at pastorstevendbc at gmail.com. On this podcast, we're going to begin a series of studies and looks at the topic of the millennium. And so over the next few episodes, we will be looking at, again, the topic of the millennium or millennial kingdom. And I'll look to do an overview and a study of that great, but of course, important and very hopeful topic of the millennial kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So as we get started on this episode, go ahead and let's grab our Bibles uh, and then let's get started. Now as we get started, we're going to be again looking at the topic of the millennium. And while typically I do this as a question and answer type of podcast, uh, in some ways I will be doing that with this. Uh, as you'll see in just a few minutes. But before we get into the actual topic and how we'll be covering it over the next few podcasts, I'm going to read something to you from John Walvoord. He says, Mention the words in times and most people will respond with a combination of fascination and fear, confusion and conjecture, but understanding it will relieve fear for those who have placed their trust in God's Son, Jesus Christ. Uh, I, I read that and mention that early on because I have thought of this quote and just in general uh, the idea behind the quote from Dr. Walvoord uh, many times before, but as we look at this particular topic, it's uh, very apropos, you would say. Uh, when you do talk about end times, eschatology, and such, I do agree with Walvoord's statement there that sometimes there's this, if you will, combination, hybrid of curiosity yet fear, but I also think his other one is important too, which is confusion and conjecture. I mentioned both of those sorts of combining thoughts there. Fascinating, of course, curiosity, what is the future hold? What is God's plan for the church and uh, all of those sorts of things but of course if we are honest of course there's the fear aspect as well uh, but I think sometimes the fear is because of the unknown but then you see his other combination there of confusion uh, and I think that leads to sometimes fear uh, uncertainty but I like his last one as well which is conjecture um, you can of course study the end times or you can avoid it and I think that Avoiding it is not the option, but I also think studying it, what you can end up with is their conjecture or uh, sensationalism. And I think, unfortunately, when sensationalism kicks in, what happens is it does, to some extent, destroy 
the idea of studying end times and what God has for us. And again, and before we get started in just a moment, just remember that the Bible has some, if you will, approximate quarter of it is prophetic when it was written. And so it behooves us to leave a fourth of anything out, in particular God's Word. So as we get started, uh, just keep that in mind uh, as we begin looking at this end times topic, because I do believe that end times gives us hope for the last days, uh, which is in many ways what Walvoord is referring to there. Now as we get started for this first episode, this will largely be if you will, setting the stage, introductory uh, type matters, but uh, I thought I'd give you an overview of what we'll be attempting, I will, that is, attempting to cover in the next few podcasts on the topic of the millennium. What we're going to start off with is, well, what is the millennium? So if you're taking notes or just want to have an idea, what we'll start off with is, on this podcast, what is the millennium? And then in future podcasts, what we'll look at is, when is the millennium? because of course there's various interpretations of that and so we'll cover that then third we're going to look at what are the characteristics you might could say the conditions of the millennium and then fourth and final I'll look at some various questions and answers related to the millennium so again what is the millennium when is the millennium what are the characteristics you might say conditions of the millennium And then I'll conclude in the final episode with various questions and answers related to the topic. So again, if you have one that you are interested in, obviously I may cover it naturally, but if not, um, feel free to send me an email to the email I had mentioned before. But let's get our Bibles out, and if you want to take notes, now is the time to get yourself ready. So as we get started... We're going to start off with, again, what is the millennium? I'm going to give you two definitions. Uh, Many of you know I like to give at least more than one. I think it's good um, because sometimes the varied definitions can help us have a more full grasp of the concept of a topic, no matter what it is. But in terms of the millennium, the first one I'm going to read is from The Great Doctrines of the Bible by Evans. He says it very succinctly, The millennium is the thousand years during which Christ is to rule the world. So again, Evans in the Great Doctrines of the Bible says, The thousand years during which Christ is to rule the world, that is the millennium. And of course, that's a very simple definition, and at the heart of it, that is what the millennium is. Now I'm going to read another one, and this comes from Charles Ryrie's A Survey of Bible Doctrine. Now you'll notice it's similar, but he has a little bit more specific details added to Evans. And so, if you will, Ryrie's builds upon Evans' definition, if you will. But anyway, Ryrie says, The millennial kingdom is that period of a thousand years during which our Lord Jesus Christ will rule the earth in righteousness and will fulfill to the Jews and the whole world those promises of the Old Testament covenants. So you'll notice it begins very similar to Evans. So notice Ryrie says the millennial kingdom is that thousand year period 
during which our Lord Jesus Christ will rule the earth in righteousness. So very similar to Evans there. But you'll notice that Ryrie also includes and will fulfill to the Jews and the world those promises of the Old Testament covenants. So Ryrie includes some other things there, uh, some of the key aspects that are still left, if you will, open, uh, that God has not uh, yet fulfilled related to Jews, but also the world and uh, many of the promises related to the covenants there. Uh, so both Evans and Ryrie are helpful there, getting the basic grasp of what we're talking about. So what I would say at this point is the main thing to have in your mind is we know in the future there's going to be a seven-year period of tribulation on the earth. That, of course, comes from Daniel chapter 9 and verse 24 through the end of uh, chapter uh, verse 27. And, of course, that's where we get the idea of the seven-year period. And then, of course, you add in some of the other passages in Daniel, along with the Olivet Discourse and Revelation, and a few other New Testament passages. And we have the concept of the tribulation with the Lord Jesus coming back at the end of that period of time, that period of time meaning the tribulation. But a lot of times I think we sort of stop there and forget that there is an additional piece to that, which is, of course, the millennium. And then from the millennium, of course, there's a few others. So that is what we're looking at, Jesus coming back at the second coming, at the end of the millennium, and to fulfill and establish those promises, covenants, and such, and reign for a thousand years. So that is the idea of what we're looking at. Now, of course, naturally the question comes up is, okay, well, where does the term millennium come from? You know, there are some terms that we use, we Christians, and whether they be theological or just more casual type comments, and they are drawn from various sources. So, for example, with the Trinity, you won't find the word Trinity there, but you do find the concept of it. Well, where and what is meant by the term millennium? Well, this one's a little bit more straightforward, but what is meant by the term millennium? Well, it comes from the Latin phrase milli, so that's, if you're taking notes, M-I-L-L-E, and anni, A-N-N-I. So the term millennium actually is a Latin phrase, or the term comes from that, Milli, M-I-L-L-E, and Annie, A-N-N-I. Now, if you take those two words, Milli, Milli means thousand. Again, this is in Latin. And Annie, of course, that's an easier one. You think of anniversary, that's year. So, Milli is thousand, Annie, year, thousand years. So, that's where that comes from. So, this is the, if you will, general phrase title that refers to Jesus' literal reign, much like what Evans and Ryrie talked about. So now, if that's the case, is this in the Bible, and if so, where? How do we know how long? Are we sure it's a thousand years? And those sorts of things. Well, let's turn in our Bibles to what I would call the traditional place for this, and that's in Revelation chapter 20, 
verses 1 through 6. So Revelation chapter 20, verses 1 through 6 is where we'll be at. Now, again, just conceptually, at a very high level, we know we have the tribulation period, which in the book of Revelation more or less covers chapters 6 through 18. Chapter 19 transitions from that period to the second coming of Christ. And then when we get to chapter 20, we're going to read it. So imagine the tribulation period has come to its seven-year conclusion. Jesus Christ has literally returned to the earth. But let's pick up and read Revelation chapter 20 and verse 1. John, of course, writing here, Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding the key of the abyss and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon, the serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. Let's stop there just for a moment. Uh, we will be covering all verses 1 through 6. But So again, at a high level, Jesus returns at the end of the tribulation period. We see here John describing the angel, and he has the key to the abyss as well as the chain, and it depicts the binding of Satan. Uh, you see the literal language there. He's bound. But notice for how long at the end of verse 2. For a what? Well, in Latin, miliani. So, a thousand years. So, here is where the thousand-year reference comes into play. And if we keep reading it, in verse 3 you'll see, and he, that's of course the angel, threw Satan into the abyss and shut it and sealed it over him so that he would not deceive the nations any longer until the, notice, thousand years were completed. And after these things he must be released for a short time. Now you'll notice as well in verses 4 through 6 there is the repetition of the Miliani, thousand year reference. Notice verse 4. John continues, he said, Then I saw thrones, and they that sat on them, and judgment was given to them, and I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony and because of the word of God. And those who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received the mark on their forehead and on their hand, and they came to life and reigned with Christ, note, for a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until they, notice again, thousand years were completed. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is the one who has a part in the first resurrection over those, over the, excuse me, the second death has no power, but they will be priest of God and of Christ and will reign with him, note again, for a thousand years. Now, I will mention this. There are some Christians and, um, should sure well-meaning Christians, but there are some who have a different view than I would take on this on the term a thousand years. What do I mean? How long is a thousand years? Well, there are some who would say, well, the thousand years that is being referenced all throughout this these verses, as well as what I'm talking about, meaning Pastor Stephen, is just a long unknown period of time. In other words, it's figurative it is just simply figurative for a long period of time so there are some people who will say 
well, this thousand year period is not a thousand years. It's just indicative of a long period of time. Whereas others, like myself, take it at face value and notice that it is a literal period of time. Now, of course, why would I take that approach that it's a literal period of time? Well, there's two things, and I think that the second one is the hardest argument to go against, which is, first, the mention of it is six times. Uh, when God says something once, it's important. When he says it twice, of course, it's even more and so, as I said, when it gets to the sixth time, God is repeating it for emphasis and importance. But I also think that you can look at verse 3 again with me. You'll notice that within the same sentence, it says that the angel threw Satan into the abyss so that he would not see the nations any longer. Notice until the thousand years were completed. But notice the very end of the sentence there. In verse 3, after these things, he must be released for a what? Short time, a little while in the Greek, if you will. It's always seemed odd to me that God would listen list there six times, a thousand years, and then make the reference to a short period of time. So I think there that it's a clear grammatical distinction between a literal thousand years versus a short while. Said another way, if it was just indicative of a long period of time and not literal, I believe that John would have written that he was bound for a long period of time. That would match verse 3, but of course we don't have that. We have a specific period of time. So, as I said, there are good Bible-believing, heartfelt Christians who see it as a long period of time unknown, but I think the literal interpretation of it is the best one, and I think it harmonizes best with the scripture itself. Now, before we look to conclude in a few minutes, I'm going to give you a few other things I think this might help. Uh, I will not actually read these passages, but uh, I will give you the references. Um, but I just want you to consider this because I think it will help um, cut back on some potential confusion because when you use the term millennium there's some other terms that are synonymous for it in scripture in other words there's some other scriptural names that are used so for example Matthew chapter 3 verse 2 refers to the kingdom of heaven Mark 115 kingdom of God Interestingly enough, uh, another, if you will, usage that's different, in other words, synonymous here, is that Acts 3.19 refers to it as times of refreshing. So you have the kingdom aspect in the first two, times of refreshing. Uh, another interesting one is in Hebrews 2.5, the world to come. That's Hebrews 2.5. So we have Matthew 3.2, Mark 1.15, Acts 3.19, and then Hebrews 2.5, but then, of course, we have the general reference, Messianic Kingdom, and that's uh, more of a general term as well. But the last one is Hebrews 12.28, probably heard this one before, the kingdom that cannot be shaken. So, 
you notice in those you've got three references to a kingdom and then you have one that references a world to come in other words it's still future Hebrews 2 4 2 5 rather and then times of refreshing uh, interesting one there in Acts 319 so just as you go through there are other usages terms that are used to refer to the millennium the messianic kingdom um, when you hear those that is what that is referring to now before we wrap up I'm going to give you some references and you can read these in between this episode and the next one uh, these aren't in a particular order but I'm going to go somewhat in uh, beginning with the New Testament of course Revelation 20 verses 1 through 6 which is what we looked at a few moments ago Psalm 2 verses 6 through 9 Isaiah I'm going to give you several from Isaiah Isaiah chapter 2 verses 1 through 5 Isaiah chapter 11 verses 1 through 16 and then Isaiah 60 verses 1 through 3 another series here Jeremiah 31 verses 1 through 40 Jeremiah 33 verses 1 through 26 then you also have Daniel chapter 2 in particular verse 35 and then Daniel 7 13 through 14 and then Zechariah 14 verses 6 through 21 so those are some different scriptures that uh, reference the millennial kingdom the millennium and uh, we'll cover some of those as we go through the study but you could read those if you wanted to before next time now before we wrap up I want us just to kind of remember what we've looked at so first the millennium is the thousand year reign of Jesus Christ I think that's pretty clear although there are some that see it as a if you will description of a long unknown period of time I prefer to say that it's a literal period of time and we know that it's spoken of throughout the scripture but lastly and uh, definitely not least of importance I want to go back to what I started off with which is studying the end times should give us hope if we rightly understand it uh, I think sometimes again as Walvoord says I think we could avoid the subject which is unfortunate because then we don't have hope for the future because we don't know it we could study it and mishandle the scripture and get into speculation and all sorts of as Walvoord says conjecture which is unfortunate and I prefer the middle ground if you will more balanced approach which is we should study it it's God's Word and it should be hidden in our heart but it also gives us hope for the future if we handle it properly and I think the Millennium reminds us of so many truths that we'll see in this series of studies and I hope that you will think to yourself the normal expression of the best is to come for Christians and we're still waiting on that I'm going to conclude with this quote from David Jeremiah and then we'll conclude this episode until next time he writes can you imagine a world without with no fear no disease no pain no worry that is what the millennial kingdom will be like 
for a thousand years there will be peace we will live in a perfect world with Christ as our ruler it is something we can look forward to when our lives are difficult and when our world is filled with chaos immorality and despair as we go through hard times we must remember our future with Christ until next time God bless.